Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound the battle cry. Two men, 15 minutes, eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. For the Lord, gird your armor on, stand firm, everyone. It's Monday on Text Talk. We are into another week. How you doing today, Edwin? Actually, I'm doing really well. I'm glad to hear that, man. I've got a little... I say actually like I'm normally not, but I'm doing really well. Well, I'm glad to hear it. I'm glad to hear it. I got my go juice here. Got some coffee. Got some water. Absolutely. Got the Bible open up to Psalm 75. We are... What is that? That's... Oh, that's halfway through. Halfway through the Psalter, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Here we are. We're halfway. the way we count the Psalms. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Yes. So let's jump in. Let's read this one. This is, uh, this is a brief psalm, and yet I think there's a lot for us to dig into here. So Psalm 75, I'm going to read from the English Standard Version. The heading says, To the choir master, according to Do Not Destroy, a psalm of Asaph, a song. We give thanks to you, O God. We give thanks for your name is near. We recount your wondrous deeds. At the set time that I appoint, I will judge with equity. When the earth totters and all its inhabitants, it is I who keep steady its pillars. I say to the boastful, do not boast. And to the wicked, do not lift up your horn. Do not lift up your horn on high or speak with haughty neck. For not from the east or from the west and not from the wilderness comes lifting up. But it is God who executes judgment, putting down one and lifting up another. For in the hand of the Lord there is a cup with foaming wine well mixed, and he pours out from it, and all the wicked of the earth shall drain it to the dregs. But I will declare it forever. I will sing praises to the God of Jacob. All the horns of the wicked I will cut off, but the horns of the righteous shall be lifted up. So my first observation on this is uh, about that heading mm-hmm. that we're told a tune, do not destroy. Yes. And that's what I have in the in the New King James also. And then it's about God judging. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, isn't that... Uh, I don't know exactly how the tune goes, but if it's known, do not destroy. But but the content, lyrical content, yeah. is a lot about judgment. Yeah. That, that is a delicious irony. That, uh, that perks up the ears. It is. I think we've noticed that before. This tune is used three other times. Mm-hmm. If you remember a couple of weeks ago now, 57, 58, and 59 were all set to that same tune. I do remember commenting on yeah, it. Yeah. We, we, greatest hits. That's right. We, the, 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 <laughs> here's, here's this greatest hit. And and even about the irony, and I think at that time, I, just, I, I brought up, can you imagine if there was a song that was sung and I, I was I was saying to you, you, you were just ugly. You were just as ugly as can possibly be, but it was set to the tune of Everything is Beautiful. Oh, or pretty woman. Yeah. Or yeah. so you know, one of those mercy. <laughs> the 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 irony of the known tune with the words might actually be a lesson in and of itself. Yeah. And what a, what a powerful thing that we have there. It is. Yeah. So and, and I think we find that same thing here. So here's this here's this tune. Don't destroy, but a message of judgment. Probably mm-hmm. coming back to, hey. God, we need you to judge the enemies. Right. Otherwise, we end up getting destroyed. I, I, I kind of think that may be the the thrust of why mm-hmm. this kind of message gets pitched to that tune or that that thought. Well, and uh, you know the the other connection I know we were kind of wanting to highlight today is that we noticed how at the end of Psalm seventy four there is a a request, a calling out to God for deliverance or for help. And even in that psalm, as we talked about last week, there's this question, how long, O Lord, how long, O Lord? There's a sense of we're being destroyed, we're withering under the judgment of God. Yeah. And uh, 
in the response to that psalm, as the Lord answers back, so much of Psalm 75 is in the voice. Yeah. Uh, okay, now God is not destroying the people. God's delivering the people, and the destruction judgment gets shifted in another direction. So maybe, I say all that to say this, maybe part of setting these words to that tune is to give part of the relief, I'm done destroying you. Yes. You know, there's relief coming. Yeah, here's the tune. Don't destroy us, God. Uh-huh. Uh, in, instead, judge the enemy. Mm-hmm, and that's mm-hmm. and that's what God's going to do. God's not going to destroy Israel. He's not going to allow them to be destroyed. Yeah. Although, of course, following the captivity, it's only a remnant that remains. Yeah, that's right. Now, so you've already brought up the, this concept here, here's one of the things I get. We've we've said this. You, you and I both talked about this again and again and again and again. That the the notion that each psalm is its own literary unit, and you don't take it looking back at what's before it or what's after it. Uh, on the one hand, it is true. Each psalm is its own literary unit, and so can be studied that way. But it sure seems that as we take a look at the psalms, when when they were compiled and when they were brought together. That however that was done, editors, compilers, God's own involvement in making sure that they got put in a certain way, there's oftentimes we see this overarching story. Yeah. Uh, and and it's it's very much like even in our own modern songbooks, there there are songbooks where they lump together songs that go together. Right, right. Songs that have similar themes. And mm-hmm. and really uh, you, you could understand how someone might take songs that are not that, that were written separately and had their own little context as far as why they were written. But man, now you bring them together in a songbook and you sing them in a row and you end up getting a story. Mm-hmm. In fact, we have, we, we've had one songbook that we've used that, that did that very purposefully where they would put like three or four songs in a row and then they would tell you, Hey, sing this one as a medley. Yeah. Yeah. So sing this one as a medley. And, and so, you know, we're going to talk about the holiness of God and you're on holy ground and now you're in the mm-hmm. presence of the holy God and, and he's making us holy. And you've, you've got this mm-hmm. little story that's yeah. told by these four songs. When, when the original authors wrote those four songs, yeah, they were their own little separate unit. Sure. They had a message just all by themselves. Some of them didn't even know each other, I'm right. sure. <laughs> yeah, and they might have been written a hundred years apart. Right. But now a person putting together a songbook says, oh, look, we, we can put these four or five together, and it tells a story. Yeah, it's good. And I, I think that's what we see here, yeah. because in Psalm 74, we do have this prayer. And, you know, last week, our struggle was that... At, the prayer just shocked me. Mm-hmm. The prayer, I, I, I was just, I'm just really struggling with why a guy who's prophet doesn't understand what's going on with this judgment. And he offers this prayer last week. I was able to say, okay, for all that I'm struggling, at least something I learned from this is that, well, God accepted this prayer. Mm-hmm. Here's this guy praying in some ignorance. Mm-hmm. And God accepts it and even brings it into the Psalter and lets that be a prayer that we can voice that, that maybe sometimes I need to remember, maybe I'm kind of ignorant. I don't know what's going on. Gives hope for all of us, doesn't it? And knowing that God will accept my prayer, even when it's offered in that. And, and I think just a reminder, remember that because he understood this important thing, it really is about God's glory. That's what he was focused on. Now I come to this next one and actually it looks like he, it's more than just accepted. It's more than just God allowed Mm -hmm. it. We're given a response. Mm-hmm. Here's this response because we really do have God speaking in this psalm. One of the struggles is which parts are God speaking and which parts are the psalmist breaking in. Depending on translations, they'll put the quotes in different places because, of course, as originally written in the in the manuscripts, in the autographs, I should say, or, well, actually, the manuscripts that we have, there's not 
punctuation. Right. They don't have quotes. Yeah. And so there's there's good, a struggle good. with trying to fit. And it's an interpretive yeah. translational yeah. choice where to put those. The SV puts them in a different place than some of the other translations. I tend to think that what we actually have is God speaking from verse 2 to verse 8, and then also again in verse 10. But the way the ESV actually sets it up is that he's speaking from verse 2 to verse 5, and that's it. The rest of it is just the psalmist. But, you know, this is cool. But in, in either way, no matter how they put it, everyone sees in here God giving a response, God actually speaking. What what do they do, the ESV with verse 10? Because the New King James has them speaking. And get, it's yeah, no, they don't have it. I, I was huh. really surprised. Okay. And so I, I'm, I'm assuming then that the ESV translators took that as maybe the uh, the, the psalmist, maybe the, the voice of a king who's saying, because God's going to do this, I'm going to do I'm this. I'm going to do yeah, it. I'm yeah, gonna... that was one of the things I wondered about. Yeah. It's like, who who's actually going to be the instrument uh, going and executing this judgment? So there's a choice there in verse 10. Yeah. Whether or not the psalmist is saying, I'll be the guy, I'll step up. Yeah. <laughs> so, so here's this question. How long? How long? Why are you doing this? Please remember your covenant. And as I pointed out last week, I kind of expect a response that says what God said to Joshua. When Joshua, after AI, suffered defeat and he's like god why have you brought us out why is this happening god looks at him and says joshua get up yeah look if this has happened it's obvious there's sin in the camp now go deal with that if you deal with that we'll, we'll fix this thing you know it's a different answer also than than the message of jeremiah you know go read jeremiah or you know good and well it's going to be another 70 years yeah that's right <laughs> you know it's yeah it's, it's not that answer either. Yeah, instead of the answer, he says how long, and I know we'll get into this a little bit more in, in other conversations, but the response is, at the set time that I appoint, I exactly. will judge. I mean, it's it's like not only not only do we, oh, we have this kind of neat prayer and response. I mean, it's like really the prayer and the response. How long? At the set time, you know, at what, the appropriate time. We have a hymn that we sing uh, in his time, mm-hmm. and he makes all things beautiful in his time. Yeah. But you know, when the psalmist is hearing in his time, particularly in this context, it would seem like, well, judgment's going to be a little bit longer. Yeah. It's going to be a little bit darker mm-hmm. before he acts in his time. But I, that really is the, the sense of the response here, isn't it? Look, I've got this. I'll keep track of the time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it really... But... But it will happen. Yeah. It will happen. Yeah, yeah. Now, so let me throw something out at you, and you can respond and, and let me know what you think here. I, I, as I'm thinking about Psalm 74 and Psalm 75, I can think of them in two separate ways. First of all, I do see that as they've been compiled together, here's a prayer and here's a response. Mm-hmm. But when I think about them as separate writings, as possibly even different psalmists, maybe even written at years apart, uh, different sons of Asaph, different different yeah. uh, people in the school of Asaph. Asaph okay, sure. uh, I think about Psalm seventy four when it was prayed, didn't get a response. Mm. At, at least it doesn't seem to have had an immediate verbal response. So, like in Psalm twelve, we go back there and we see the psalmist expressing his requests and expressing his laments. And in the psalm itself, there is the response. Mm-hmm. Psalm seventy four, we don't have that. All yeah. we have is the prayer. In fact, it ends kind of. It, it's one of those psalms that kind of ends, and things don't get resolved in the psalm itself. Right. So yeah. it's, not, it's not until another psalm gets written that we see the resolution. And I I think about that in terms of where you and I are today with some of the prayers we offer. We offer a prayer, and we don't hear a response. No audible response. There's no audible verbal response back to us. And we're left with that. What is God doing with that prayer? Mm -hmm. And and here we get to see, I think, a, a great object lesson of here's a guy, wrote Psalm 74, 
There's no indication that he received a verbal, audible response. But what Psalm 75 demonstrates is God did have a response. Mm -hmm. It did come at some point. Did the guy who wrote Psalm 74 get to read it? I don't know. Was this just somebody else and their experience and the editors brought it together? I don't know. But the way it's presented is when Psalm 74 was prayed, it's just left there. Mm -hmm. But Psalm 75 reveals, but God did hear and God did have a response. And, and I think about that with my prayers. I don't hear audible responses, but, but the faith and the trust that I can have is God did hear and God does respond. And, and he's got a response, even yeah. if he's not having it written down and sent to me. Well, and he's going to respond in his time. I mean, that, that's part of it, isn't it? When I, when I look at verse two, when I choose the proper time, I will judge uprightly. I appreciate that. That is one of the great challenges of prayer. I think about the Lord's teaching on prayer and some of his parables, and I believe it's Luke 18, you know, and, and he talks about when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith mm-hmm. on the earth? And it seems to be tied to, will they keep praying? Will they keep trusting the Lord, even if he delays for a long period of time? Uh, I think that's in connection with the parable he tells about the woman and her um, yeah, con- the continual widow. petitions to the unjust judge. Yeah, But it ends with that kind of strange comment about the, will the Lord find faith? Yeah. Yeah. And and so there can be a time that goes by when we don't see the response. Right. Yeah. And yet he is responding because he is, he is a good guy and the Lord will come. And (laughs) if we ask, we receive, Mm -hmm. if we seek, we find, if we knock, it will be open to us because we serve a God who gives good gifts to Mm -hmm. those who ask him. And here it is. Psalm 74. He asks, Psalm 75, actually get to see the response. I just think that's cool. I just think that's cool. I think we need to go ahead and wrap up today, maybe with our own prayer. Absolutely. Our great God and Father, thank you, Lord, for today. Thank you, Lord, for the time to open up your word and to consider Psalm 75, to consider, Lord, that often we lift up prayers and petitions to you, things that are on our heart, and uh, and mindful of the world around us, and great troubles and trials. Um, there may be some listening to the podcast today really going through some difficult, difficult things, and I pray, Father, for your mercy and comfort upon them, and Father, for all of us to have our trust renewed, that you hear and you answer, and help us, Father, to keep faith until that time. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians who meet on Livingston Avenue in Lutz, Florida, this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Text Talk in your favorite podcast app so others can find it and learn about it more easily. Have a fantastic day. Steady, steady, pass the word along. Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna. Christ is captain of the mighty throne.